there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey guys, Ralph Marlboro here. We need your support to keep Saints Happy Hour going this offseason. Please support the show by becoming a patron so we can continue to cover the Saints in the ridiculous fashion you've come to expect. If you support the show, you get access to the podcast ad-free. No ads ever. Plus, you get our world-famous booze bundle, four swag items, amazing. And you get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints 24-7. So please support Saints Happy Hour so we can keep this amazing community growing. Support the show at SaintsHappyHour.com today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints Happy Cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. This one is free, courtesy of Kansas City State Company. We got a special guest. We love this man. He's friends with Andrew because Andrew used to go on his show, and we knew him back before he wasn't a megastar. It's Ben Mintz of Barstool. You are, Ben, you are a star, and I want to say this. Your rants on Twitter, no matter what you rant about, I don't even necessarily care about it, and then I'm like, he cares so much about it, I care about it. Like, you you need to do a side business of you motivating America with rants and things. It's ama- it's amazing. I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> well, I appreciate that intro. I've been a fan of Saints Happy Hour podcast for years and had a great relationship with Andrew going back to my Shreveport days. And thank you all for having me on today. Well, we, well, we ben, had you I, on I, one. I gotta say, just... Yeah, hold on. I was going to say real quick, Ben, you know, I'll never forget, we had Bill Monty Jones on the show one time, and he, he said something that really stuck with me. And that he, he said basically that, you know, because he, he was he was a little guy like us once upon a time, right? And you know, he's talking about, like, how he got started and all this. And then he says that at some point, you cross over with your number of followers on Twitter where you cease to be a real human being, and you, you basically just become, like, everyone either loves or hates what you post and, and you, you cease to treat them like a human being. You can just say whatever you want to them, you know, even if it's really mean or whatever. So uh, how does that feel? Like it feels Ben, like you've crossed over into this realm now where you're, you've ceased being a human being on social media. <laughs> are you true. getting just, are you just getting crushed? Like Bomani kind of described? Uh, it, it will the thing my thing with it is all of this hit like lightning it had it felt like this rise from unemployed like from Shreveport to unemployed to ESPN Baton Rouge to Barstool it all happened in like four months and so it, it just feels like it happened overnight so fast and I'm still just really coming to grips with this new this new life I mean we're sitting here today taping this on May 25th and a year ago I, I was just sitting in Oxford Mississippi during COVID playing online poker unemployed 
And so it's just like, it's so crazy and surreal, you know, how fast all the changes were, but, you know, I feel really good about it. I mean, following continues to grow, uh, I'm, you know, very excited about the Barstool Sports Book and all the stuff coming to Louisiana too. And, you know, I, I'm loving it. You know, it's, it's great. But like I said, it's, it's, it's a new world for me. So, Ben, one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on and you wanted to come on is you are the MC for Hogs for a Cause, and this is an amazing charity event. Tell people how they can help, what it is, because it's going to be fun. It's going to be amazing, and it's going to raise a lot of money, but it's just it's just awesome. It's just going to be an awesome event. So tell the people about it, and then we'll get on with uh, you giving me gambling tips. <laughs> awesome, yeah. So this is on June 4th and 5th. It's Friday night and Saturday. I'm going to be in New Orleans. It's on a 15-acre spot in Bell Chase on the West Bank. And what it is is basically it's kind of like a Ronald McDonald house for families that have kids fighting pediatric brain cancer. And they built a house in New Orleans. They recently built a $4 million house in Baton Rouge. And the event that we're that I'm going to and I'm seeing, it's a massive barbecue and music fest with 75 barbecue teams from all over the United States. Uh, an awesome band lineup, Robert Randolph and Soul Rebels and Taz, a lot of New Orleans people, Ivan Neville, Stanton Moore, Robert Mercurio, uh, Old Crow Medicine Show, whole bunch of other really good bands. And it's Friday night. I'm actually a judge too in the barbecue competition, which I've never, which is going to be insane. Oh my uh, but God. Friday night is chicken wings and bacon contest. Saturday it's barbecue. The teams spend all night smoking the barbecue meats. And then they have parties out in the field all night while they're doing it with DJs and tents and all kinds of stuff. And so uh, it's basically going to be the, the comeback throwdown for new Orleans coming out of COVID uh, it's outdoors, great barbecue, world-class music for an amazing cause. I, I don't see how you can beat it. And on another note, all my friends are on these barbecue teams, and I've gone to this event four times. When I lived down there from 09 to 14, I went to this event every year that I could. And now to come back and, and be part of MCing and hosting it, it it's, it's, it's surreal to me. And it also says I'm going really hard trying to represent New Orleans nationally, here at Barstool because I'm the first Louisiana person to be hired here. And uh, to get asked to host this event makes me feel really good about, about that mission. Well, it's, it's, it's amazing. And I just want to say to, to house families with cancer and stuff, I've, I've had friends and family that have used not the hogs for the cause, but Ronald McDonald houses. And it's just, it's so important because families that don't have the economic resources and these these organizations, man, like they fly you to Bo like my my extended family. They flew them to Boston. They took care of everything. Kid got his surgery. He's doing awesome. They flying back. Like to not have to worry about that is such it's such a good thing for these families. So if you can get out to Hawks for the cause, and like you can just say I'm eating bacon and I'm su supporting a, a great cause. Like what what why wouldn't you want to do that? And I want to kind of back up your point. So if you want to get tickets to this event, go to hogsfest.org. They sold out of GA for Saturday, but you can still get two-day passes, and they still have Friday night. But it's very easy to get lost in the, this is a world-class barbecue and music fest, and not remember that it's all about the cause. And so, you know, I'm going to tour the New Orleans house next Thursday morning that they built. And uh, just got to remember everyone, even as fun as the barbecue music fest is, the most important thing is supporting these families that are going through that.
We are on the Locker Room app every Wednesday night at 9 o'clock. Talking Saints, talking NFL, talking draft. It's amazing. You can interact with us, goof it to us. You can make fun of me, pronounce, mispronounce names. You can ask serious draft questions about Andrew. We're having a blast talking Saints live. All you have to do is go download the Locker Room app for free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link to your Twitter, and then join the NFL group. Follow me at Saints Happy Hour to be notified when the room goes live. We'll be going live every Wednesday at around 9 o'clock. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Talk Saints, to talk draft, and basically to make fun of me mispronouncing names. So do it. Download the Locker Room app today and then join us live every Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Sports. Culture. Takes. Take Line has it all. Take Line is a weekly podcast hosted by Emmy winner Jason Concepcion and former WNBA champ Renee Montgomery. That's a fast-paced exploration of the NBA and the world of sports and culture. Each week, Jason and Renee talk about the games, players, controversies, and issues that run both on and off the court. Follow Nail to hear Take Line every Tuesday, wherever you get your podcasts. As many people know that listen to this podcast, I gamble a lot, but I'm old and I'm still, I still gamble uh, for entertainment purposes only offline with a bookie. Uh, and so I want to not be a degenerate anymore. I need Texas. I need Louisiana to get these laws passed so I can gamble like a regular decent human being on my phone at work. Well, good news for you, uh, Louisiana, <laughs> Texas is going to be a while. I know. But Louisiana, it actually just went through the Senate, the House Senate, the House and Senate. I believe it was like two weeks ago, and it's coming. You know, we legalized the sports. We, we voted last year to legalize the sports betting. But the big thing that happened on this bill that just got passed and is going through was the mobile bet app. Because, you know, nobody wants to go. It's going to be way better when you can sit on your phone at home around your family and grilling out and kind of fit it in your lifestyle than having to go to the casino, to the sports book to place your bet and pick up your money. And Louisiana passed the mobile app, which is the biggest thing that I was watching. And especially at Barstool, we've got the Barstool Sportsbook mobile app. It's a huge thing. We're in Indiana, Illinois, Pennsylvania, and Michigan already with more coming. And uh, very excited about Louisiana. I'm not sure the time frame on it. I've heard everything from October to next March. Uh, judging how new Louisiana usually is, I, I'm not getting my hopes up that it's going to be October. But uh, it's going to be awesome. We're going to have the mobile app. 
And then for us, uh, for Barstool and Penn, we own LaBear's Baton Rouge, LaBear's Lake Charles, Margaritaville, Bossier, and Boomtown, New Orleans. And so we've got a huge presence down there, and I, I'm going to be all over all that. So I'm excited about coming back and doing shows and sports books. Now, let's, let's, uh, regarding betting, let's talk Saints real quick. Are you, how are you feeling? I mean, it depends on the publication, obviously, but you, you kind of see the win total for the Saints. It seems like it's anywhere from like, nine to ten and like i've seen a lot of nine and a half ralph is that is that that's about right and the odd interesting thing for the saints the the win total is actually ticked down and their odds for the super bowl have actually ticked down a good bit and it's in the 35 to 40 to 40 to 1 ratio whereas before it was like 20 to 25 i guess so, so they're down on a post draft. Is that what that is? I mean, I don't know. It, well, I mean, that just it depends on who people, how people bet, and that sort of thing. But yeah, that's what I was going to ask Ben about. It seems like the momentum for the Saints. The Saints are 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 becoming less and less of a trendy pick, and people are kind of forgetting about them gambling wise. I like I like the fact that the win total is ticking down, and the odds for the Super Bowl, you get better return on your money. What what's your thought on the well, Saints as we head into the I got a lot of summer? thoughts on this. Uh, first of all, I think. There's a public, and I'm real curious what y'all have to say about this, because look, Andrew, I know we've talked about Drew Brees forever as as all Saints fans. I still feel like this roster, even though it lost a lot, it's really strong in the offensive and defensive line. I mean, they went eight and one the last two years and Brees didn't play. And as unbelievable as Brees' career was, he was obviously incredibly limited with his shoulder and arm strength the last few years. Now, this Jameis Winston situation is fascinating I, from my experiences in life, am a huge believer in second chances. You know, he's only 27 years old. He just got LASIK surgery. He got married. He's on a healthier diet. He got to learn behind Breeze and Peyton for a year. I'm a glass half full guy. I'm kind of talking myself into this. (laughs) I also hit a 30. I had Florida State 33 to 1 uh, for 200 bucks to win 6,600 when they won the national championship in 2013 when he went off as a freshman. So, I'm kind of biased to like it. You have a warm. That's a great point, Ben. If you're a gambler, you and 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 like a player or a team, but especially like a player, if they win you a bunch of money, like even if they struggle for years and years, you will always have a warm spot in your heart for them. You'll be like, that guy won me sixty six hundred dollars, and I don't care that he struggled the rest of his life. I still appreciate and love him. That's the great thing about gamblers. Yeah, it is, but it's also, like I said, I mean, maybe I'm seeing the rose colors. It's all just going to come down to can he protect the football. I mean, literally, if he can cut down the turnovers and still push the ball down the field vertically and give the Saints a little more of a vertical element, I feel like Mike Thomas last year kind of had a lost year with everything that had happened and all the injuries and everything. I feel like Mike Thomas and Winston could be, you know, we saw what Jameis and Mike Evans put up huge numbers. I feel like – I know Mike Thomas is a little different player, but – Still, I feel like uh, Thomas could have a huge year, and I'm, I'm more optimistic than most. To me, them taking Ian Book in the draft makes me feel like they want to go with Winston 1, Book 2, and then have Taysom Hill out in that slasher role making plays all over the field. But that, that's just my instincts. Well, it's, inter- it's interesting that you brought up Taysom because I don't know, guys. Like, I find it so weird that let's not forget he's the one making $14 million. Right. Like I get that. I, I, I want James to start. I think James will be the starter because I watched like everybody else. I watched Taysom start those four games and it didn't feel great. And I know they won three of those games, but 
you know, Atlanta was terrible last year and the Denver game was a joke. So, you know, I, I, wa- I watched Taysom and I am inclined to think he can't do it or at least he can't do it successfully. But again, like he's the guy they're paying the $14 million to. He has said that he's training to be a quarterback this offseason. I'm told it's an open competition where either guy could win. I, I fully expect James to win, but I just feel like everyone is operating under this assumption that it's James. Uh, all the Saints fans, all the media, like no one is talking about Taysom Hill. And Taysom Hill's even kind of perpetuated that prophecy because he's he's not really on social media. He's not posting the workout videos. You don't see him with other Saints players. Mm-hmm. So, but But I can't help but think like, the door isn't closed. The Taysom Hill could be the starter. Like I know it's maybe it's 27%, you know, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but like it's still out there. No, it is. And the Saints have invested a lot in Hill, not just money wise, but Sean Payton found him and he, he's been, you know, his guy now for years and years. And so I think it's fair to not write him off. Uh, what's just interesting is if they do have Hill, how different the offense I think would be. But, you know, you're, I feel pretty good about replacing Jared Cook and Sanders, but, you know, not necessarily the most weapons. So the Saints, if they had Hill, I think would be more of a running offense. But I do think that's fair to not write him off yet. It's, you're right. I mean, I think everybody's assuming Jameis is the starter, including me. Here's my question well, but to here's, you, here's, here's, here's the thing, though, like with Taysom is if the Saints played Taysom that much when Drew Brees was the quarterback – doesn't it stand to reason that even if Jameis is the guy, even if he's a starter, that they would play Taysom even more? I think I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that you know they're going to use him paying fourteen million. Uh, I, I think that there's all kinds of packages he still could play in. I'm just curious though, because if Jameis is the guy, you'd want him getting in a rhythm. Uh, I, I really don't know how it's all going to go down. But I know Taysom Hill is going to have a huge, huge role on this team, whether he's starting at quarterback or not. They're obviously going to use him. He's an elite playmaker all over the field. And, you know, like I said, it's not like there's a ton of depth uh, on, on the offense and skill positions anyway. So, Mitzi, you're a national star now. What, in your mind, would be a more fun, crazy storyline for the Saints nationally that would get the most attention? Is it the redemption of Jameis or is it Taysom Hill starting and being very a good top 12 NFL quarterback? What would captivate and get the hot takes and the clicks uh, on social? What, what storyline would be more fun, you think? Jameis beating Tom Brady in the Bucks to win the division, I think, is the, is the ultimate one with his journey with Tampa and them not wanting him. And then you look at, you know, I know I'm sure you all know the schedule and watch, look at closely. Tampa Bay at New Orleans, 325 on Halloween Sunday. Dear God, in New Orleans, <laughs> Halloween. Uh, that one, I mean, I've got five stars on. I, you know, I have no idea as far as what my schedule is going to be like this fall, uh, you know, with Barstool. But that's the one I want to make. And I think just Jameis going back up against the Bucks and Brady, I feel like it is, is the biggest national story. Yeah, that, that's the correct answer. Uh, but I will submit yet again, how pissed off I am about the time <laughs> of that so kickoff, old. because it's my daughter's birthday on Halloween and not like just skipping out on trick or treating on her birthday is just not an option. So I just want to say once again, 
I hate Roger Goodell. I hate NFL scheduling. And this, this, this feels personal to me. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, New Orleans Halloween night's going to have a lot, a lot. The music will be unreal, too. I mean, Saints, Bucks, then, then going out and Halloween and Nola. For, for those of us that don't have kids, uh, seems, seems like a, a large time, possibly. Well, I mean, we're me and me and Andrew are just are just old, and it gives me a, a, any reason to hate Roger Goodell. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Is delightful, but you know, as we talk about gambling, I feel like this year in the NFL, especially in the NFC, Mitzi, there's so much flux because if Aaron Rodgers gets traded to Denver, or out of the NFC, which I would think 100% if Green Bay, if they end up having to move him, which after you saw him on, with Kenny Mayne last night, he's out of there, just like Julio Jones in Atlanta. But if he moves to the AFC, Mizzy, the, N- the NFC becomes kind of chaos to me. And I don't know who to gamble on for over-unders and winning the Super Bowl. It becomes like a wide-open field that we haven't had in a real – I feel like in a really long time in the NFC. Well, I mean, I feel like the NFC – you know, the AFC is always two or three teams, whether it's been the Chiefs or the Pats or Ravens. But the AFC – I mean, that's the AFC. The NFC, you know, the last few years, Saints, Packers, Seattle, Niners, Bucks last year, Green Bay. I mean, I feel like the NFC's had a little more depth maybe than the AFC. And, uh, but if Rodgers gets shipped out of the NFC, that's obviously unbelievable news for everybody in that NFC North, uh, particularly Minnesota. But uh, the, the San Francisco 49ers, the one I'm watching real close, they just had – Last year, their entire team got hurt by, like, week seven. And I feel like that people might – I don't know if people are sleeping on them, but they've got a hell of a team and hell of a roster under Kyle Shanahan. I feel like uh, they're one we're going to have to watch this year. Yeah, I hear you on San Francisco. The NFC West to me is just fascinating because you look at Arizona, that's a team that people think are ascending, but I, I still wonder about – Kingsbury I still worry about their coaching I still worry I still wonder a little bit about Kyler Murray and I I just think it's possible that Arizona will be in this state of seven and ten eight and nine like purgatory like I I think they could be that team where they're dangerous I think Stafford is going to be a good thing for the Rams but that's kind of wait and see how that goes Seattle's kind of always in the mix because they have Russell Wilson but they definitely seem like they're trending down and then the thing with San Francisco is they're still in flux at quarterback. Like we don't know who they're going to roll with as the season progresses. And I'm with you on the roster. I mean, they are loaded, but the guys coming back that are superstars, a lot of them had catastrophic injuries and you never know how those guys come back from that. So like the NFC West to me is both highly com- competitive, but also like highly combustible. And it's, it, yeah, you said it, Ralph, like if Rogers is out, then all of a sudden it's like, who, who's the team? And, and I, I, I worry I, about that because maybe life is easier for Tampa. Well, I got to mention the Rams thing too, because uh, I think that like Detroit fans are being like, oh, we still got Jared Goff and got all this stuff. I think Goff to Stafford's an incredible upgrade for the Rams, but I don't think Holly Jared Goff at all. And I think, you know, you're looking at Stafford, who's been in a horrible organization his entire career, and now you give him a chance to, 
you know, possibly play for an NFC Championship or Super Bowl late in his career. And Andrew Whitworth sticking out another year with that Rams defense. Granted, they did lose defensive coordinator. But I uh, can't forget about the Rams either because I just – I think the golf to Stafford thing is a massive upgrade that people are – you know, people know it's an upgrade, but I think it's a bigger upgrade than, than analysts are, are thinking. Oh, I agree with you on the Rams. The one thing with the Rams, though, is their roster is so – Top heavy, yeah, and like five Wint- guys make all the money. Yeah, and it's, Wentworth it's even is worse than the Saints. Yeah, and Wentworth is you know a hundred years old, so like they could to me they're like Jenga, where like it could go great, but like you just pull a couple of wrong pieces out and it crumbles, and you're like, oh my god, how did the Rams go seven and seven and ten, eight and nine? So like I, I just think the the reason why I mentioned the the Aaron Rodgers getting traded to the AFC, Mitzi, is because. I just think you you could have in the NFC if Rodgers is gone and you have all these teams that feel like they're equal, you could have just the trade deadline could be just delightfully entertaining because you know the Saints are going to be super active, but you could have a bunch of teams in the NFC at the trade deadline after like six, seven weeks being like, shit, we're five and two. The NFC is wide open. Let's burn a 2022 first. Let's burn a 2022 second or whatever and go get a guy because the because we can win a Super Bowl. So I just – that's why I won because if, if the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers, it makes the Saints season opener easier. But I just think it, it could make the entire season in the NFC just tremendous with the at the trade deadline and all sorts of things because I think it I think it opens the doors for teams that you necessarily wouldn't think of a Super Bowl contender you'd slide them up and they might be so I I, I need Aaron Rodgers good job kid uh or not kid good job man getting uh get going on ESPN and just blow torching the Packers last night just he's he's wanting his he wants out of Green Bay in the worst way yeah, and I want to add to that too. I've seen the game one line posted on some sports book at Saints by two and a half. If you can get that, get it because I don't think Rodgers is coming back. I think Vegas is given too much of a chance with that line that Rodgers could come back because I don't see it. Rodgers is a very sharp, calculated individual. He's not a guy that's going to come out with this stance and back down at all. You know, this is well thought out, and uh, I think he's gone. Period, and he, he's frustrated for a million different reasons and. You know, it'll be interesting to see who's starting in New Orleans week one at 325. That's for sure. Well, Mincy is telling all y'all to pound Saints. I like it. Well, I mean, because listen. I'm feeling that. Listen, if if Aaron Rodgers got traded today – during, if he got traded during this podcast, before this podcast would be over, that Saints line would be seven and a half, eight maybe, maybe maybe higher. Like, so, I mean, it's a great – Especially if there's fans, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. been, there's See, you're good about the fans thing. I mean, I know that that's still up in the air, but I don't know the stuff I'm hearing out of New Orleans. You know, it seems like we're headed in the direction toward there being fans. My attitude is, I got my shot. Yeah. I want in the games. That's that's my that's my thing. I don't not to get political, but I'm like, I want to get to these games. Yeah. No, you you and me both. I think we saw it with like last weekend with the golf and in, in Charleston and the NBA playoffs. I mean feels like everything's kind of finally really coming back to life now. Oh, the golf is You're, you're an Ole Miss guy. Uh, how, were you a, a little sad? Did you did you shed a tear? I, I was thinking Elijah Moore was in play for the Saints in the draft. Oh, were I you? was crushed. No, we had, a, we had a live stream 
like a nationwide live stream of the draft that, I mean, I was all but wearing an Elijah Moore jersey ready to celebrate because Elijah Moore, not just as he an old Miss guy, he's literally the reason I got hired at Barstool. If he doesn't pull that dog pee incident in Starkville two years ago, Matt Luke's probably still coaching that football team. And if no Lane Kiffin, no me up here, and then Elijah Moore, the video that got me to Barstool, he scored the game-winning touchdown of that old Miss-Kentucky game uh, last fall. So, yeah, I was – I mean, I was all but praying for him to go to New Orleans. But on the other hand, he ended up being a Jet, which means he's up here in New York. So, at least I can support him in that way. Yeah, that's that's an interesting point. You know, just pivot a little. The SEC this year, how are your Rebels going to be, you think? With late, late year two. Uh, last Lane year two. I said the most fun five and five team I've ever seen. Uh, I think the defense was like 125th in the country last year. They can improve, <laughs> they can improve to like 65th or 70th, and the offense stay in the top ten. I think I think eight. I think eight and four is probably you know about. I'm not. I don't want to say we're going to be any better. Ole Miss going to be any better than that. But I think an improvement from five and five to eight and four in year two is possible. Yeah, that sounds uh, that sounds like a Saints fan from Ralph from the uh, Steve Spagnola era. Well, I was like, just, I was just, just going to room tell for sure. I was just going to tell Mitzi, my entire family, except for me, graduated from Ole Miss. And so my mother watches Ole Miss football religiously and then watches the Saints. She called me during the middle of the year, even though it was COVID. And she's like, this defense is worse than Spagnola with the Saints. Oh, it's hard, she's like, yeah. She's like, I don't even think – she's like, I don't even think they know how to tackle. I don't think they want to tackle. Like – it's just horrible. I forgot she said it's like it's the saddest thing I've ever seen. Like, it, was it worse than LSU? Oh yeah. Oh, it was. Uh, every game the, was like the because the thing all, is with LSU, yeah, you, you could tell that LSU at least had players, but Bo Pelini just was out of his death depth. Everything had passed him by, and like the, they, they, you could tell they were lining up. They didn't know what the hell they were doing. Ole Miss defense Andrew was just teams would just be like you cannot stop us we are just going to shove you back five yards and run the ball down your throat and there's not a goddamn thing where you can do about it or we're just going to pass all over you like the, the, like it was like a hopeless I don't even know like, like what would you describe it like a like a child like a toddler trying to open a soda like it just what? Mitzi they had, there's like no hope of it ever improving during the year like that was the well, difference was, between LSU LSU like at the least knew they was had the junior talent. and senior class barely existed because that's all the NCAA sanctions from the freeze era so there was no upperclassmen there was no depth and then also Ole Miss Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy the offensive coordinator who came from Central Florida. They were trying to run like 90 plays a game, super fast up tempo and offense with no depth on defense. And so I mean, these <laughs> games right. just started to attract mates uh, because, because of because the defense never got to rest. I mean, it was already bad early, but then it get gassed out late. But they did get some – they're hitting the transfer portal hard. Uh, they got Otis Reese, this uh, safety who transferred from Georgia, got eligible for the Egg Bowl and Bowl game last year and played really well in both. They're excited about him. And it's kind of one of those situations where there's just nowhere to go but up on the defensive side because it can't get any worse. And then on offense, uh, Matt Corral being back, Jerry and Ely at running back. There's, you know, a lot of talent. Obviously, you got to replace Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa, the tight end, or both with the Jets now. But I uh, feel pretty dang good about the offense. And- 
You work hard and play hard. So treat yourself and stock up for summer barbecues with Kansas City Steak Company. Visit KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with code SD at checkout. For classic steak cuts to USDA Prime to American Style Kobe, hard to find specialty cuts and more. Kansas City Steaks has everything you need to fire up the grill. They make it so easy. Each order from Kansas City Steaks is flash frozen and delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Imagine relaxing in the backyard with your family while enjoying steakhouse quality meals from Kansas City Steaks. Try their butter tender filet mignon, Kansas City strips, juicy steak burgers, all beef jumbo hot dogs, and even complete meal combos. Bring the steakhouse to your house this summer with Kansas City Steaks. Go to KansasCitySteaks.com and get 10% off your order and free shipping with the code SD at checkout. That's KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD, KansasCitySteaks.com, code SD. Oh, we're on here talking New Orleans stuff. Watching this Arch Manning recruiting very closely, even though he's headed into his junior year, they're not. I'm, I'm hearing nothing about it, but you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to know where I stand on this. I mean, you can't name him Arch Manning and let him go anywhere that Ole Miss. I mean, come on now. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and you know, and and listen, for all the stuff about you know, people probably don't remember this, but Peyton was a hundred percent going to go to Ole Miss if Cooper hadn't had his neck injury. Like that was. And they were on probation too. Yeah, like it was a, it was a, it was going to be a done deal. So I, I still think I'll be stunned if it, if 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 Archie Manning doesn't go to Ole Miss. Like the Mannings, they're just an Ole Miss family. They 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 raise they're raised they're raised in the Grove for God's sakes, you know, going to the games and stuff. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about with college football, Mitzi, is you know me and Andrew were talking about it before before the show about the transfer portal and Randy Mueller, who was another guest that we had on this podcast, you should check it out on our, go to, go to our website on Patreon search. It's at, it's pinned to the top, but he mentioned a point on Twitter is he thinks in the next one to two years, the smart college teams, they're going to hire like a pro personnel director and your job will be to monitor the transfer portal and say, Hey, player A is in the transfer portal. What's his grade? Should we reach out to him? Like the transfer portal is crazy because how do you stop these teams from tamper? How do you stop these coaches from tampering with players where you're like after the game, like, Hey man, I wish you, I wish you were here. We should have recruited you. Like it's chaos. I don't know how, I don't know how you fix it, how you contain it, but like, it's crazy with this, like the portal, like you can barely keep up with it. No, At least I, I, can't, can. I can't imagine how frustrating it is for these coaching staffs. You start recruiting these kids when they're like soft freshmen and sophomores in high school, and you put years of your life in, and then they're just it to be no loyalty <laughs> in the free agency thing. I mean, it's just got to be frustrating because you're basically recruiting your guys all season where you're coaching them for the next year now. I mean, it's crazy. And I wonder, I wonder, guys, if maybe the NCAA to like – kind of like keep the conferences in line is like hey if you transfer in the portal between schools in conference like you're going to count if you go from LSU to Georgia or vice versa like you count two scholarships the first year so like 
at least it kind of makes it a little levels the playing field. Levels yeah. it a little because you can't because you can't enforce like how do you enforce Ed Ogeron shaking an Ole Miss player's hand that's like I wish we would have recruited you, you know? Maybe you know, I just I don't know how you, I don't know how you do it. But it's it's chaos and now Mitzi you add that, like football at least, you kind of have to stay a couple of years. Will Wade for LSU was like, you don't build a program. I build a team this year, and then next year I start all over from zero and I build another team. He's like, the days of building a program are over. Like, I don't know what college sports is going to look like in, in five years. It's just, it's a different world. No, it is. It is. And uh, it's fascinating but team, the one thing is, like, you look at teams like Ole Miss that, you know, had NCAA sanctions and issues. You can just hit that transfer portal and get all these guys that especially, you know, I really feel bad for is the G5. Because all these kids that star Conference USA and the American just get – are basically free agents to go to the Power that's 5. Right. They're junior and senior years now. It's like – that's almost like another form of juke. I don't want to say that and doubt on it. But it's almost like another breeding ground for the power five and it's brutal for those schools because when they get stars they can't keep them around it's well that yeah, yeah it makes it it makes it you know it, like like you know think of Tulane right like they have a great young coach they've been winning going to bowl games which Tulane's never done like in the you know before the portal you could have uh their coach Fritz and he could be like I have this amazing senior class where I got a bunch of two and three star guys but like maybe maybe three or four of them are like ended up really were like four and five star guys that Alabama just missed on and I've got this great senior class and we're going to roll and we're going to go undefeated and maybe make an orange bowl where now after they're a sophomore Alabama can come along and hey hey Tulane kid that's a that's a guard that was you're awesome come to Alabama we have a spot where you could play or you're a corner you know it and it just makes it it makes it almost impossible for the little schools to sort of do their normal build up have one good year and then you start again yeah. because your your entire class graduated like well, it just becomes much much more difficult uh for the for the non the non power conference I agree my my thing with that is um you know, and, and TJ Finley, like you see it with him going to, going to Auburn, I think he's going to, but it's just, there's no like rising above adversity anymore. Like the minute you have a problem or the minute something's not good, you just transfer out, you know? And I, I don't like that. Like I, I, there's something about like, Hey, you got beat out and you're the backup. Maybe you sit for a year, you learn, you get better, you use that as motivation and then it benefits the program in the long term. So that's the thing I kind of lament, but um, anyway, Mincy, uh, before we get out of here, I got some trivia for you. So okay. I, I did some research and you're a big old Miss guy. So I want to see if you can get, and I've got a list here of, of eight guys. I want to see how many you can get. Uh, now this is approximate value according to pro football reference. Uh, so take that for what it's worth, but let's see how many of the top eight Ole Miss players that went to the saints that you can get. The top okay. two are easy, and then after yeah, that, it gets, obviously, it gets pretty okay. brutal. Archie Manning, Deuce McAllister, yep. Wesley Walls. Yep, that's number six. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, who's, who's Norman Hand? Yes, sir. That's there number we go. four. Big Norman wiggle. Hand. Okay, let me think. Let me think on some oh, more. Man, you're doing much better than I would have thought. Uh, so okay, so we got four, four of the eight already. We got four of the eight. 
Four of the eight. Ole Miss to the Saints. Other other than that, okay. Hang on. Number three is actually he was way before his time because he played four. Yeah, I'm gonna struggle with the ones that are way before my time. Like I grew up like my mom was Ole Miss and my dad was LSU, and I mean I kind of grew up going for LSU and then went to Ole Miss. So I'm pretty not quite as strong in the old school, but hang on. Let me let me let me do some serious thinking. So I got four of them. Let's see linebackers. I. After those names, I can't even think. Like, I'm struggling just to think of Ole Miss. Well, I'll, I'll give you a hint on number three. So, number three played – he started at Northwestern Mississippi Community College. Then his second year, he went to Ole Miss for a year. Oh. Then he tra- then he transferred to UT Martin, and then he finished out at Mississippi Valley State. So, like, he played in the 90s, but, like, he played at four colleges in four years. He's, Ooh. like, the king of transfer portal mm, back before no. it was even a thing. Mm, golly, I feel like you're going to tell me who it is. I'm going to be mad. Was I don't know. I'm kind of drawing a blank. So that was number three. That was Fred Thomas. Oh, okay. I wouldn't have wow. known that. Yeah, Fred Thomas went to Ole Miss for a year, believe it or not. Wow. Uh, are you guys ready for number five? Yeah, sure. hit, hit us. Number five Number five was John Forcade. Oh, oh my God. I can't I back up God, no. I deserve to be slapped. I, that's I'm right. embarrassed. No, I know John and doing media with him. And the fact I just forgot that, that's... That's right. You don't... I'm, I'm so, a, I'm so long ago, I, I, though, man. Like, that was like, a long time ago. Yeah, his his, his three-game glory I, run with the Saints was 1989. So, you know, I mean, you're talking, yeah. what, 11, I was nine years old, yeah. 32 years ago. <laughs> so, you know, Wesley Walls, I'm impressed you got that at That's six. amazing. At, no, at number seven, he had a great NFL career, but he only, he played his last three years with the Saints. He wasn't quite as good, but still decent. Uh, that, and that's Kendrick Clancy, the defensive tackle. Okay, oh, I, rem- I remember him, but I'm not mad. I wouldn't have gotten that one. Yeah, and then uh, this guy was drafted by the Saints, never really did anything with the Saints, but would later in his career become – a starter in the NFL and kind of some productive years, the Panthers, Tutan Reyes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not mad. I wouldn't have remembered Reyes. The, the 4K one's the only one I'm mad about. Yeah. 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 And speaking pretty of good. trivia, That's pretty good, though. I want to mention trivia right now. There, we have a dozen, the dozen trivia tournaments airing every night at seven Eastern on our Barstool YouTube. And uh, my team's in the semifinals tonight. We had a huge win in the quarters last night, but it's uh, we're the big, the big screaming honkers uh, is our team name. <laughs> And it's me and uh, Mick, uh, Coley Mick, who runs the blog, and Robbie Fox, who does UFC and boxing. So we're all three of us have different specialties, but we're trying to make a run to this championship. It's a huge barstool thing, though. Check out the dozen trivia if you like. Let's trivia. go. So my final question to you, and you've been you've been pushing college baseball really, really hard. Which it's LSU. They pull me in. And then they, like, lose to Texas A&M, and they only win two out of three. So here's my question to you. Am I going to get to watch LSU baseball in the postseason? Are they going to squeeze into the field of 64? I think they're in because their RPI is, like, number 20. Uh, It's so good because the street, the schedule is so strong. I think they had to win two out of three at A&M. They finished 13 and 17 in the SEC. Uh, I think they're in. But I'm no, but I'm watching for him at Hoover. It starts today. That's right. Uh, they they got they're taking on Georgia today. But I think Mahale Hilliard stepping up as their number three starter has been huge down the stretch. I'm looking for him to make a run, a little bit of a run in Hoover. Uh, if they lost to Georgia tonight, it's going to be bang bang whether they get in. But I think they get in just by virtue of their their strength of schedule. So so ridiculously tough, and I don't think they're that bad. I mean, I don't think they're a great team, but those freshmen, Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan. 
are, are awesome. Blaine Morso is a heck of a pitcher. That the lineup depth isn't the best. The back of the order and the bullpen are both real shaky. But I don't think by any means they suck. And so I think they could be dangerous possibly uh, in, in the postseason. And we're going to be coming out with some uh, Barstool Omaha shirts here soon. I'm excited. Nice. About. So, and, and by the way, if, if, if you're an LSU baseball fan, on the SEC Network, they have a Skip Bertman bi- biography film. It's called uh, Hold the Rope. It is amazing. SEC Network, they play, they'll replay it a thousand times. Like you can find, if you have direct TV or whatever, just search it and then record it. They'll, they'll play it in the middle of the night. It, I watched it yesterday. It is fan freaking tastic. So once again, Mitzi, before you get out of here, tell people again where they can go to a website to buy tickets for Hogs for the Cause, which is uh, J- June 4th weekend. Yeah, so it's hogsfest.org. Still two-day GA passes available. The money goes to families fighting pediatric brain cancer. Phenomenal calls. Uh, they still have two-day Friday, Saturday passes available, and Friday night. The Saturdays alone are gone. World-class barbecue and music fest. Uh, m- myself, as well as a few other Barstool personalities, large and uh, former Pittsburgh Steelers left tackle Willie Clone is going to be out there uh, as well. But just super excited about Hogs for the Cause. And uh, y'all can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Barstool Mitzi. And, you know, excited to get back down to New Orleans next week. I can't wait. I am a LSU guy, but my family's all Ole Miss. So I'm excited. I need, like, as soon as Ole Miss baseball wins something dramatic – I'll give you like 20 minutes, but then I want your your joyous rant about Ole Miss baseball doing something tremendous in these regionals or super regionals in Omaha. So yeah, I'm, historically, I'm, we've had a little problem in the postseason. Historically, <laughs> yes, it is. It, so, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, staff depth behind our aces uh, cause for concern. But Ole Miss is going to be uh, hosting a regional, and so I'm I'm super excited about that. That's coming. That'll be they're going to be top 16 playing in Oxford uh, in the NCAA tournament for sure. So that's great. My brother, who is an Ole Miss graduate, he calls Ole Miss baseball pain in the TV box. That's what he. Oh, ca- it, <laughs> it's it's torture because every year are like top 10, top 20, good. And so, but every year you think, hey, this is going to be the year. And then we've only made Omaha once in this last 20 years in this whole stretch under Bianco. But like I always say, it's not like Ole Miss had a program really before him. He built the whole thing. So I'm loyal to him. I think people, people got, you know, should be grateful for what he's built because it's not like Ole Miss is LSU baseball and had all this history. So I'm super supportive and hopefully this will be the year because I'm going to Omaha to cover the college world series too. So I certainly would love it. So this is the, this is the year they're going to, they're going to, they're going to do this for you. They're going to do it for you. Yeah. Well, they lost uh, one of our top two starters who is going to be a top 15 pick uh, has torn UCL Tommy John. And so that's, it's real hard to lose him. And LSU lost one like that in Jaden Hill. Yeah. And so both they did. You lose yeah. a top first round pick ace. It's it's that's a tough loss, you know. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for joining us, Mitzi. You, he told you where to find him. You can find him on the Twitter. He's a he's a superstar. Thanks for joining us. Consider supporting Mitzi. Support cause uh, hogs for the cause and support our podcast. So for Andrew, for Mitt, Ben Mitz of Barstool Sports, I'm Ralph. Thanks for joining us. We will see you again tomorrow. <laughs>